Hey everyone, welcome to the Play to Win podcast. We got your game gurus here, Alex, Jared, and Josh. And this week we're going to talk about a dealer's choice trifecta. But first, I think Josh has some news he wants to talk about. Josh, what do you got for us? Oh, I I was taking my pants off. I thought you said five minutes of nudes. <laughs> uh, Never mind. My, <laughs> okay, I guess we'll take this. Isn't a video show. I, mean, I came prepared for that party. I'll tame it back, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, we recently were treated to some updated news about a very uh, high-profile, critically claimed duo between From Software and uh, George R. R. Martin crew, uh, Elden Ring. Uh, we got a big 15-minute demo of uh, gameplay footage in various areas, and uh, it's looking like this game is going to meet and exceed a lot of hype that people have had for it. Um, there are quite a few traces of um, other From Software I- or entries and I mean, obviously, Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Um, so, is it Sakura as well? Is that Sakura. 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 There you go. Sakura. Sakura. Yeah. They, uh, so there's a lot of elements drawn from those games, and then obviously, I think the influence of George R. R. Martin would be just kind of the the world building and a little bit more of the uh, kind of ideas that are probably at play. I think he helps with the lore a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. What you mean kind of goes with the world building and everything. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, yeah, so it takes place um, in this uh, place called the Land Between. And in terms of really what we're looking at from a a game perspective, it's going to be a lot like a Souls game in appearance. But there are additional mechanics like having a sandbox open world aspect to it. Isn't it a big and deal that you going, can jump in this game, too? Big deal that you can jump and have a mount as well, which um, oh, yeah. at least right now it seems like it's just like a button you push and you have a horse, you know, that you're riding, which is kind of interesting. You can also, uh, I believe on your horse, I'm not sure if you can do it off your horse, but there are these like, uh, they're kind of like these little glowing patches up around like uh, facades for like walls and mountains. And uh, approaching one and pressing, uh, what, like I guess the jump button allows you to traverse these massive walls and climb, you know, to higher areas. So it's kind of interesting uh, perspective there. I mean, obviously some magic, I guess elements. Sorry, I would, I would, I would hope there's some magic in there. Right, but um, going back to like the open world aspect of this, that's a very new concept to um, from software. It, typically, it's been kind of like a uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's its own genre, essentially, Soulsborne sure. style. You're kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, in a world where you're fighting through a lot of tough enemies, trying to open up shortcuts and expand the world that way. And they are going to have it, what sounds like dungeons in this game that are, I think they're called... Uh, hey, real quickly, are the other From Software games typically, like, on the rails for the most part? Or are, uh, they, are they somewhat open? They're they're somewhat open, but they're, you have to branching, do certain things. Yeah, they're branching, and there are certain things you have to accomplish to be able to progress the story. Are they Metroidvania at all? Like, do you have to backtrack through other? Uh, sometimes I I think that's more of like kind of creating shortcuts. Um, but you know, and there are you know historically NPCs that you could interact with within okay. kind of the overworld as a whole in Souls games that, you know, like merchants and uh, blacksmiths, yada, yada, things like that. People My understanding is they're pretty similar to, like, Fallen Order would be considered a, a Soulsborne style game. Gotcha. So that mm-hmm. would be my closest point of reference, at least. That makes sense. But, yeah, so so these traditional kind of Souls-like spaces in these games, I think they're called, like, Legacy Dungeons or some, something something I like around that. that. Yeah, um, I heard talking about that. So they're going to be more traditional breaks from like the overworld as a whole, like open world where you can kind of uh, do reach a lot of places, open uh, new dungeons and shortcuts and things like that, interact with NPCs, but also these traditional kind of 
Soul-style dungeons with fog gates and bosses. And there's a lot of uh, to make around the ability to have uh, abilities that had previous previously kind of been um, associated with just weapon styles or classes um, in previous Souls-style games that you can kind of apply to any combat situation that you can use, which is an interesting new take. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty excited for um, February 25th to get here because that's when this game releases, and uh, I think I think it it has the potential to be the game of the year for 2022, which a lot of people would probably say, duh. But um, from my perspective, from a never from software because my little foray into that genre, not talking Fallen Order, was absolutely a complete and utter failure on my part. But I would say the open world portion of this game, as well as the vibrancy of like the color palette, would make someone like me possibly like look into this. You know, yeah. I so I think that it's going to be way more accessible for folks that didn't want to do you know Bloodborne or or yeah. Soul, Dark Souls. But there's there's a I crafting that... element to this game too, which is kind of interesting on the overworld. Um, it it looked very similar to like a like a uh, Breath of the Wild slash Skyrim kind of aspect mm-hmm. of the game, which is really interesting um, take with Souls in general. So that's another difference um, that I think a lot of people are pretty excited about. But I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Alex? Oh, I was just going to say, I think seeing that dragon fight really yeah. brought me into, like, I might actually play this game because that looked sick. That was and like a I, minute into the trailer. It was too, so was, good, though. It, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason of bringing in somebody like Martin is you bring yeah. that big rain, uh, name recognition in order to in order to draw in new players. Yeah, and, and, not and only. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, because Soulsborne games have not always been the most uh, accessible games. They're kind of a, a gatekeeping almost like we want our games to be gruelingly hard. No yeah. easy mode for us, right? Well, and you know some of the the aesthetics too, like you kind of mentioned graphics and whatnot, but like the the attacks, you know, like with the dragon, it was calling like lightning and thunder from like yeah. the heavens above, seemingly right, which was really crazy. Um, and traditionally in Souls games, I think dragons are weak to lightning attacks, so this is kind of an interesting new, um, probably you know the influence of Martin. Um, um, kind of switching ideas up a little bit in um, this type of game, Shaking but I, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a a, a well made entry from from software here. Well, that's awesome. We got that to look forward to in February. You say. Well. Let's move on now. I think, Josh, you, you were going to go first here. What game did you uh, play this month to talk about? Yeah, I played, uh, so the new game that came out, the big um, exclusive that came out on Switch, which was Metroid Dread. Really exciting. I've been looking into the, into this game. Yeah, it's, um, you know, obviously it was highly billed and anticipated since I think the... Um, I think they had the Nintendo Direct that they um, teased it back in July or June, I want to say. But um, a lot of people have been anticipating it. Nintendo's been hyping it um, to kind of start things off with the game here. Um, It released on October 8th of this year, 2021. Um, Metacritic has given it a 88%. And obviously that's um, exclusive to Nintendo Switch, as I mentioned. But uh, um, they've had the developers Mercury Steam, Nintendo, um, working together to create this game, which is, you know, it's a 2D Metroid game, but it's it's 3D graphics. If that, yeah. I mean, obviously. So that's an interesting... Um, you know, entry that's never been done in uh, a Metroid game yet, to my knowledge. You know, obviously the successor, rather the uh, the uh, successor, um, the prequel to this game was Metroid Fusion, which came out on Game Boy Advance. Uh-huh. Um, 
shoot, was that back in 2002? Oh my gosh, a long time ago. Quick. So this, it sounds like this uh, series has been dormant for a little 2002. while. 2002. came out in 2002 on Game Boy Advance. Well, they, so it hasn't necessarily been dormant, but they've made a few remakes. Oh, they um, have. In the past. Yeah, they, they remade Metroid 2, I think, a few years back, and I think the original one as well. And those were both released on the 3DS. But so the, the premise of Metroid Dread is obviously following, picking back up with uh, Metroid Fusion and Fusion um, Samus Aaron the main protagonist of the game in the iconic suit goes to um, a planet that is inhabited by these indigenous X viruses bacteria sort of creatures um, she comes in contact with them <clears throat> excuse me um, she comes in contact with them and gets um, infected and she almost dies and um, ultimately becomes immune to this virus, um, bacteria, the X. Um, I don't know if they're a virus. I, I don't know if they're technically that. But um, they, so this is after that, um, there's a video sent to the Federation and it, it shows these X back on some planet. So they send Samus back out there to investigate because she's now immune because she's overcome and um, fought them off in her body. And as you get there, I don't know how how familiar are you guys with uh, Metroid in general? Not not at all. I at know all, is yeah. The uh, is the main character, and that's the <laughs> I I've played my only so my only foray into Metroid was Samus's character in Smash Brothers. And then I I think my DS, when I got it, came with a Metroid demo. I don't even yeah. remember which one it was. It was the first one on DS, I guess. And okay. uh, that's the only thing I've played Metroid-wise. Well, okay, so the X are actually parasites. I was calling them a virus and bacteria. They're just um, clearing things up, retcon, whatnot. Um, and so the planet that she goes to is called ZDR, and why I was asking how familiar you guys are with Metroid is because um, throughout the throughout the chronological series of the game, you interact with these statues, typically holding items. They're called Chozo statues. Um, they're kind of like an ancient race of um, intelligent beings that created what was called the Metroid, which was supposed to be the ultimate warrior being. But you haven't really seen or interacted with any of them until uh, this game, where you automatically see... Um, oh, actually, there was a Chozo interaction um, at one point, but it was in, like, a memory. Um, but so you, you see a Chozo, and it, it's a hostile enemy at this point, and it attacks you and steals all your um, abilities and equipment. So that kind of sets the premise for, okay, Samus has to start back at zero and, you know, rebuild, acquire everything. Yeah, that's um, kind of a big Metroidvania-type gameplay mechanic, right? Yeah. But so the the big, the kind of the big... Uh, New entry with this would be um, they have these robots called Emmy E M M I. Yeah, I've heard about those. And these things, um, especially early on in the game, you don't really have a means to defeat them. Yet they constantly chase you down and will kill you if they come in contact with you. Oh, and it's actually for like a Nintendo game. They they kind of kill you in a. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting it personally. They kind of like pin you down and you have a you have one opportunity to escape them when they try to pin you down and it's a very tight window that you don't really uh see like it, it's just very quick and you have like one shot and if you don't then they pin you down and then you also have an opportunity to escape when they try to kill you after they pin you down and it's kind of the same thing but it's really hard to time and when they kill you they like stick a knife through your throat oh my which god is a, yeah, it's like kind of dark for I guess Nintendo, but I mean it, it's fitting yeah. for Samus. But so it's dread for a reason. Yeah, but so you spend a lot of your time through these called um, Emmy zones. I'm watching a video right now. I'm I'm seeing these Emmys right now chasing Samus. They look uh, 
they look kind of like the robot from um, Portal. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, they they contort their bodies to kind of, they go like underneath their legs and it's really weird. They're very uh, creepy. Um and so you go through there there are seven emmys and they can only operate the gimmick is that they can only operate within what's called an emmy zone it's a designated you know space where they can be typically you're probably seeing them chase salmon through like some washed out um filter right that's probably what it looks like they, um, they, it looks like they're different colors too and so i'm guessing yeah. they have like different strengths and weaknesses because i think i saw like a footage of samus like go black and then they yeah. couldn't see her anymore yeah they so is that so, like a gameplay mechanic yeah that's one thing that you can do is kind of do a camo thing where they you throw them off but um it it's it uses your um like essentially it's like a stamina sort of thing and okay. you can't have it active forever and you can't run with that enabled either so you have to walk and time out where you want to do but they they uh they hunt you down based on like sound and movements. So if you're hidden, then they won't technically know you're there. But you have to navigate these Emmy zones to reach um items to be able to kill these things. Uh-oh. And eventually eventually you start getting a lot more of your items back, but you still have to the which which help uh navigating the game a little easier, but you still have to have a special way to kill these things. And um some of them are faster, some of them can crawl through very tight spaces and like cut you off in new areas and it's just it's a very interesting game. Um I I think it oh. um it's pretty it was pretty well hyped I think by Nintendo and I think I think it stands um to be a pretty good entry in Metroid at I this mean, point. I, I've heard great things about it and I'm just yeah. looking at the again I'm watching footage of it and it looks gorgeous. I mean, it yeah, looks it, really good, and it gives me strong vibes. Like, I really feel like I'm watching, like, an old Sega or Super Nintendo game, just modernized. It looks really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, they um, they did a really good job with adding, you know, story to this game and um, legitimate cutscenes that don't necessarily involve, you know, like a uh, a um platforming kind of window you know from the front they kind of actually show depth to the game with cutscenes, which are interesting uh some familiar enemies pop back up i don't know if you you guys would probably know what Kraid is maybe in some capacity if uh, uh you look it i would up. say no <laughs> it's a well i mean you know on in terms of uh super smash brothers is a stage where Kraid is like uh it's like oh, this giant okay. lava, like this yeah, giant lava li- lizard monster. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, and he's okay, like, um, that guy makes a return in this game. And I mean, that's a pretty iconic Metroid enemy. So a lot of people um, would probably know what that is. So it's just kind of cool that they brought that back in um, in some capacity. There, um, There's probably other um, traditional enemies in this game. I haven't beaten it yet. I'm probably about 75, 67-ish percent through the game. Um, it's definitely I, I something I've looked into getting on my Switch because it looks like a really good game, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. Now, for someone like me who has never played a Metroid game ever, is it a bad idea to start playing Metroid with Metroid Dread? I don't think so. I, I think you will probably be accustomed to maybe some more quality of life things that you might not get with older Metroid games. Um, possibly some different abilities than other ones. Like uh, in this one, they they added what's called a, a slide mechanic. So you've yeah, got I like a that. you can slide through small holes, um, or you can eventually, when you get it, use your morph ball, which is you know the traditional way to navigate crevices in a metroid game i know that but... <laughs> what i just saying I know, I know about that the morph ball yeah okay there you go i, I can yeah. there you go yeah it's it's a <laughs> uh, you know obviously you morph ball move use bombs to kind of trick the trick the game to kind of navigate little like ducts um it's still a lot of traditional um, hidden areas, as you would find in old Metroid yeah. games, which is cool. That's what's nice about having the 2D. 
you know, obviously there's talk of the Metroid Prime 4 whenever that is uh, finally, you know, in 10 given years. a release date. It's yeah, it's sort of. I mean, they don't even know if that's going to come out in uh, 2022. Maybe not even until 2023. Just I have a question. Um, yeah. Is it is it acted out or is it story through text? It's acted out, like like uh, yeah. you mean cut like scenes and voice acting scenes? and stuff. Um. Yes, there are. There is actual voice acting in this game. Is she you know, voiced or is she like Link? I think she uh, Samus is voiced. I think I feel like she is. Um, she doesn't say much, but she um, had, yeah. She. I think I've heard her say something once or twice. Gotcha. Okay. But not not really a whole lot. I I I'd have to go back and I guess try to watch some. Probably similar to how they're gonna do Isaac in the, in the remake of uh, Dead Space one. They Maybe yeah. He'll, he'll speak when he needs to and and make yeah. sounds, but other than that, he's not gonna say too much, kind of thing. But. That's kind of cool. That's cool. So, though. like, awesome. So let's, um, Josh, tell us your like uh, your last minute like elevator pitch for why we should play this game, what you think of this game, and then we'll jump to Jared's game. Yeah, I think um, if you enjoy Metroidvania games, you will enjoy this game. Um, it's it's buttery smooth controls, which a lot of people love that about a a game like. Uh, like a Metroidvania game because there's so much you can do to navigate areas if you can have a pretty good control of the ha- uh, handle of the controls. And um, I think a lot of people will like that. You know, if you're a traditionalist with like maybe trying to speed run this game, it might make it more difficult um, with cutscenes and the map rooms and the uh, rooms to talk to the computer and things like that that are kind of required based by the story. But um, I've seen people beating it in about an hour. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that figured it out. Nintendo did uh, imply that speedrunners would have some sort of way to get through the game quickly in this, if they could find it. But a lot of people feared that because of, and I, I don't know how much of the story is skippable. Like, I don't know how much of, that time it took them to beat it in like an hour or two yeah. was spent in cutscenes. Like, was it 30 minutes of cutscenes or something that they just had to sit through I, and I actually only an I hour no idea. Yeah. playing the game? But um, I, I haven't watched any speedruns. But yeah, I would I would say that um, this is a good game for anyone to play that has a Switch. So cool, cool. Well, I just shared a, a little primer video that I'm watching of the history of Metroid in 2D. So if, if uh, Jared or myself decide we wanted to follow up on Metroid, we've got it all together. It's kind of cool. Metroid. Um, so awesome. That looks really cool. Jared, what do you got for us this, this month? I played a little game called Far Cry 6. Um, oh, yeah, I've, n- I've never heard of that. Is that an <laughs> indie game? Uh, yeah, by a little studio called Ubisoft. Um, actually, Ubisoft Toronto did this one. Uh, it's available on all the major platforms, uh, past gen and current gen. Uh, Metacritic gave it a 75. I think IGN gave it an 8 out of 10 on their website. And... <laughs> I, I, I freaking love this game. Uh, first of all, I just have to mention it's absolutely gorgeous. It is a stunning, stunning game. You're in a, uh, a Caribbean, South American island called Yara, and it's it's very banana republicy, and it's run by this uh, El General, uh, played by Giancarlo Esposito from, um, you know him. He's like your standard bad guy. And great. And and with that too, like you don't see a whole whole lot of them. Just like in the previous games with the antagonists, you get like little bits and pieces of them. But it really ha- he has this really interesting dynamic with his son that plays out throughout the entire um, uh, game. And as he kind of loses control of the country, it's very interesting to see how that dynamic starts to shift, and you start seeing how menacing he really is. But uh, kind of stepping back. 
Far Cry game started a long time ago with uh, Crytek. They make uh, Crisis, and yeah, it, yeah. It, it was the first CryEngine game, I believe. And that took place on a tropical island. Um, I believe that had a voice protagonist. I never played that one, and I never played two. Um, in Far Cry 2, that one by a lot of Far Cry purists is the best because <laughs> I think you can get, like, malaria or something, so you have to take medicine throughout the whole game, and then your guns can jam in that. So, like, you'll be in a gunfight, your gun will lock up, your dude has to clear it, and then he goes. So it's, like, intense. Was that the one... Was that the one that was on like a kind of like a largely like swampy kind of area or the, the shots I've seen of it? It almost I think it's in Africa actually because it's a, yeah it's very deserty. There's a lot of safari looking stuff. Um, that might be what I'm thinking of. Uh, but I hear that game is brutal. But I hear it's there a lot is of fun. one that takes place in a, in America that is and I'll, uh, I'll get I'll get to swampy that. and whatnot. I think too. Uh, kind of. There's only one in America. That's five. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking so that's the one that's swampy. It, right? Three okay. was the first one that Ubisoft did, and that's kind of okay. the, the Far Cry that took off. You know, it's the one with Voss, the crazy-looking dude with the mohawk and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, your protagonist in there is a guy named Jason Brody. He has his own personality, so he is voiced, but everything's from a first-person perspective. So even as you're getting the lore and the exposition, you're still in first-person, you're still in the game. Um, but that one kind of started the whole Far Cry um, mechanic of clearing areas by towers and stuff like that, which gives you uh, fast travel points and whatnot. Um, so I went back and played that. The first Far Cry game I ever played was 4, which takes place in a place called Karat, which is in the Himalayas. Uh, okay. And you're playing a guy named, or you're fighting a guy named Pagan Min. And then again, that's actually a named protagonist. So he has a voice. He has a backstory, but it's still all first person. Five changed it to where you're in Montana, and it's all third person, but you have a completely silent protagonist that you actually character create at the beginning. Um, So six is special because you have a fixed protagonist again in Danny, but Far Cry 6 is actually the first Far Cry where you can have a female or or a dude. So you can be female Danny or male Danny. Um, And then the premise of this game is you're in a banana republic, there's a dictator, you're trying to get out, and towards the beginning of the game, just things go sideways, and you end up with the revolution, pretty much. And, like any Far Cry game, there's different areas of the map run by different general-type people, and you have to clear that to gain control of it. This one's a little different, whereas in, like, Far Cry 5, you can clear a portion of the map, and then that portion of the map, once you get rid of the, the boss there, is super tame. Like, it's really easy, but in this one when you clear a portion of the map and take it over it they bolster up the military and so like each each area of the map levels with you so you never are incredibly op in this game um something that changed very very drastically from the last one far cry 5 which i put a ton of time in is uh your progression in far cry 5 where you had a more i don't want to say rpg but rpgs kind of character progression to where you would get skill points and then you would get different characteristics whereas in this one you just customize your guns i mean you level up of course but you put different mods and attachments on your guns um this game kind of makes it harder to where silencers actually overheat so you can't just go in and silently kill everybody um really quickly you have to be more mindful of it far cry 6 um they there's more ammo types and they're more significant bless you josh in this one than they have been in previous games and so uh, what's funny, though, is I was kind of worried when I was watching videos going into this game because it made it seem like, oh, you know, this enemy can only be killed by softballs. This one can only be killed by armor piercing. But if you load up armor piercing rounds, you're pretty much good throughout the game. <laughs> okay. um, so uh, another cool aspect of this that they added in are the Supremo weapons and the uh, what do they call the Resolver weapons. So. The Supremos are these backpacks that you wear, and um, they add a little extra dynamic to your combat, where I only used one throughout the entire game, and that was the rocket pack, because... Oh, yeah, I'm watching a video of that right now. Or if you run into uh, aircraft in this game, unlike previous Far Cries, they're impossible. They're sponges, and you have to blow them up, and um, or have exploding rounds. And so having that backpack helped a lot. And then you have these, like, Resolve Air weapons, which are... um, 
improvised weapons. So like in the in the trailers, you see like the Macarena gun that shoots CDs at people as it's playing the Macarena. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's so they're just like improvised weapons. They're really cool. Um, and and that mechanic of upgrading your guns and all that stuff is super super satisfying. And then uh, another cool thing that I will mention for folks that have played Far Cry in the past is you can at least back to I'm not sure about three, but I know with four you could beat the game in like a minute just depending on how you do things. So like in uh, four, you're, you're on a helicopter going to Karat to, to spread your mom's ashes uh, in her native land. And you got taken over by a pagan man. He pulls your bus over or whatnot. And he invites you to dinner and he asks you to sit still while he goes and gets something. And if you just sit at the table, he'll come back with like a box. He'll hand it to you and be like, Oh, the uh, country's yours. See ya. And that's the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and Far Cry 5, you're a deputy, and it's a bunch of religious fanatics taking over Hope County, Montana. And you go into oh, their okay. compound at the beginning with a bunch of U.S. Marshals to arrest Joseph Seed, who's the main antagonist. And there's this portion to where um, he's just like, I dare you to arrest me. And he holds out his hands. And uh, if you back out and you're like, nope, nope, I'm done. The game's over. And uh, you can decide not to arrest him. And then in this one... uh Towards the beginning, Danny wanted nothing to do with the revolution, and his whole uh, reasoning for helping them on the first island is, give me a boat, I'm going to go to America. And once you kind of beat the first area of the game, there's a boat, and you can actually get on it and just sail away. And then you end up on a beach in America listening to news report on the revolution in, in Yara, just sipping whatever you're sipping. So um, that cool. element returned. That's but, really neat. I heard I've heard about that before, but I always thought people were joking about that. No, things. you it's it's I, I really enjoy that. Um, but really, this game, as far as quality of story, like I appreciate it because the cutscenes and the expositions all in third person. So you see your character, you see all that. Um, but the seriousness of the previous games or where they tried to be serious, this game, they just completely steered into the fact that this is a giant playground where you can, you know, your fast travels, you can jump out of an airplane and wingsuit into where you want to get to. You can be up in a sniper's nest getting a beat on somebody, and then a little, like, whatever their little mammals are that come up and bite you will just randomly attack you, or an eagle will fly <laughs> out of the sky. Like, it's just ridiculous. And then what I really appreciated about this game, too, is they Danny's kind of a psychopath, and they kind of say that. And he mentions, you know, I'm having fun doing all this stuff. And, and it kind of explains why this person's going around and killing thousands of people, literally. Interesting. And and, and so they kind of steer into that, which I really appreciated. That's interesting. Um, I mean, you know, you, you played Far Cry 3, right, Jared? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic there. I guess probably similar to that because you're, depending on how you play through that game, your character, the main protagonist's personality changes. Like he's he starts, unlikable too. Like he gets yeah. really unlikable, Jason Brody. Yeah. Um, yeah, he I mean, obviously, you know, if you just kill people like just for fun in the game, then he like starts kind of like becomes desensitized to just murder and everything. And I think, you know, like at the end when you get back with your girlfriend or whatever, um yeah, there's a moral choice. So you can either you can yeah. either pick your friends and go yeah. with them, or you can pick the natives and have them kill your friends just so you can bang the uh, leader native chick, but she ends up killing you anyway. Yeah. Um, there was, what else was I going to say about, oh yeah, so Far Cry, like, if you enjoy open world games that really allow you to play exactly how you want to play, like, you can brute force your way through this game if you want to, you can silently go through this game if you want to, I'm pretty sure you can go through this game pretty non-lethally, which would be impressive and kind of strange in a Far Cry game. But you can do it. <laughs> and those are just the kinds He's of thrilled. games I like. Like, you come up to a, a, a new place and get a lay of the land. Um, and then as you level up, it kind of changes the gameplay, too. So they have different bases depending on which faction you're, you're helping out at the time. And uh, uh, you can have, like, uh, bandito networks. And then you have people that can do side missions for you to earn resources and stuff like that. Um, so there's really a lot to the game. It's not overwhelming. It sounds overwhelming when you hear somebody talk about it, but um, it really is fantastic. Oh, I know what I was going to say. This was the first one just because of how engrossed you are in the story versus other ones. Cause your character is actually in it versus just being a silent protagonist. 
I actually got kind of emotional in this game from a character that ended up dying in a situation. And so like the story is actually very, very good. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, that's, and that's you great. actually get better character development than you have in the past with your good guys. I like, I like a game with a story that you feel emotionally involved in, as opposed to like, I'm just, just going through the motions. Like there's something to be said about great gameplay, but I, I know personally, I'm a big fan of a strong story and that can really help if you're emotionally connected with the characters. And and I think in last thing, the last, uh, the shift between, I think the story development in previous games versus this one is they focus more on the protagonist and his friends in that yeah. game or so than on, like in Far Cry 5, they focus on the Seed family. So Joseph, Jacob, um, John and, and Hope or Faith or whatever her name was. Um, they focus on, on them. And so you know the bad guys really well, but you don't really know the town people all that great. Um, and then, oh yeah, last thing is companions. So, Previous games, or at least in Far Cry 5, you can have, like, people go with you, so you have a squad. In this, they're just amigos, so they're all animals. So you have, like, Chorizo, who's this little miniature dachshund who has uh, a little wheelchair. He's adorable. And then you have, like, an alligator named Guapo, and you have this crazy ghost cat that can kill people silently. Boomer from Far Cry 5 is in this one. They call him Boom Boom. So, uh, But, yeah, if you, if you want a, a pretty good story um, with some fun characters, John Carlos Esposito. And just a gorgeous setting and a huge open world. Definitely dive into this game. It's are good. there any other are there any other like high profile voice actors who are not that I know of. I know Danny Trejo is going to be in some DLC event kind of thing coming up, and then Ooh. Rambo is going to have some sort of a um, DLC side event thing too. And I'm pretty sure Sylvester Stallone doesn't <laughs> let anything happen with Rambo unless he's a part of it. Yeah. And Danny Trejo's Danny Trejo. This, so. this seems like a good game for those two people. <laughs> yeah, and what's really, really great about um, all the Far Cries as well is I would say start with this one. If you haven't played any of the previous Far Cries, start here. Jump into it. If you like it, then start going back. Because if you like this one, you'll like the previous ones. Um, they all play, as far as combat-wise, very similarly. There's some main game mechanics that are a little different. But if you can navigate this world coherently then you can navigate back to three pretty well so movement cool. and stuff is is pretty uh it translates very well so, very cool but play far cry it's it's lovely folks all right well thanks jared thanks for talking about far cry that looks exciting i'm actually now considering like go back and play that i wasn't really into it until now but you've really convinced me oh, so no, no, way... oh sorry i said last thing but this is the last thing and it it, <laughs> it was really a treat when i when thing. i heard it but when you're in the car so when you're, you can fly, boat, drive cars. Um, when you're in the car and you have the radio on, yeah. like there's this, uh, there's a few songs that your protagonist will sing along to, which is really, really cool. That's and, funny. um, it just kind of adds a little character to it. But anyway, sorry. Very Continue. cool. Well, this month I played through Psychonauts 2, which is an Xbox PC exclusive. Uh, it got an 89% on Metacritic. I think IGN gave it an 8. If I remember correctly, it looks like 96% of people like this game. Uh, the initial release date was this year. I don't actually see a month. It just says 2021. I, I believe it came out a few months ago, though. Um, I, my memory. And the was, first one was on Xbox, right? Oh yeah, I, yeah. the first one was a couple years ago or several. Psychonauts I mean, Two. Yeah, yeah, this is August twenty fifth. Yeah, you see August. Okay, yeah. Uh, the developers Double Fine, which has recently became a Xbox uh, Microsoft studio, and they are known for making these really good, uh, you know, platform story driven platformer games like this. I. And and they, I can after playing this game can really understand why a lot of people want them to make a new Banjo Kazooie because they would definitely do it justice. Um, you know, Psychonauts. It's got it looks if you look at it, it looks like a Tim Burton combination with like a '90s early 2000s Nickelodeon cartoon. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, like a yeah, Ren Stimpy or. A, I love it. it really looks like that. 
uh, it, it's charming. It's it's got some really cool mechanics. Uh, you know, kind of going through that. Um, it plays pretty smoothly. I didn't have a lot of issues with any of the mechanics. I have seen some people complaining that it's it, it can be a little janky at times. Um, you know, I think that's definitely possible. I I kind of stuck with a certain type of gameplay, and that that works well for me. You know, you've got your little like psychic powers and you upgrade your psychic powers through collecting items um, and purchasing and combining cards with uh, this like item that you buy from the shop and it lets you upgrade a lot of stuff Um, I didn't have any issues like finding things enough to find things to get feel like I was progressing and upgrading things Um, you know I don't know it was just a lot of fun uh, initially playing through it, I was like, uh, this seems a little kiddy. So what is it, the story of a psychonaut? So, you know, that's, that's kind of where I was getting at. It, it feels a little kiddy. Um, so the psychonauts are these, this like specialized group of operatives that have psychic powers. And they have the ability to go into people's minds and do different things in in their in their minds, and so you it's really cool because they deal with a lot of uh, of difficult mental health kind of things like loss and grief and trauma, which is really neat to to kind of see a game kind of take that perspective. Um, and so like the main character is this kid who comes from a group of acrobats from this country that was destroyed by an evil psychic entity and so the whole game is you're trying to not let this evil entity be revived but the spoiler is that this evil entity actually was an original psychonaut that has been kind of lost to time and you're trying to like find out her true story because she wasn't evil she had been traumatized and warped and tr- twisted into the bad, the villain, and and then used a, flooded the whole country, and all these terrible things happened. So you're you're kind of dealing with that trauma and the people around her who loved her and cared for her with the original psychonauts and trying to figure out this story the whole time. All along the way, you're going into one guy's mind who's been uh, who's. Sp- shattered his his uh reality and his existence into different pieces into different existences so there's like three of him split out throughout the world and you have to go around and find each one and go into his mind and then put him back together again ultimately just kind of a neat way of of how trauma can can break somebody and they have to to deal with that uh the character of of raz his name is Rasputin. He, um, so I, I don't know much about the first game. I never really played the first game. My understanding was he jumps in with the Psychonauts in the first game in order to defeat this evil dentist. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's that's my understanding. You know, you, you start off, I think it picks up right from the end of that game because you're in... Um, the dentist's mind, trying to figure out who who was um, working with him. And, you know, you're like, he's not smart enough to figure this stuff out himself, so he must have had someone to help. So you're trying to figure out who who helped him and, and all this stuff, and that's kind of where it starts. And, you know, you get, I guess you kind of were a, a, an honorary psychonaut at the end of that game, but at this game... In much the way of a Metroidvania, it, this is not a Metroidvania by any sense, but you start from scratch because they say, you can't be a psychonaut, you're a kid, so you get to be an intern. Hmm. So you get knocked down to intern status. Um, along the way, you make friends with the other interns. Uh, I think I, I have a feeling that there's some characters that were from the previous game. Again, I didn't play the previous game, so I don't know. 
I think there are moments that would have been helped by playing the previous game, which is also on Game Pass, so it is definitely doable. But I didn't feel like really out of place or like I just didn't understand what was going on or shouldn't be playing this game because I hadn't played the other one. Um, you know, the world is vibrant. It's it's goofy. Uh, it's There's kind of a funny story where they have been the his family has been cursed by water so you can't fall in the water if you fall in the water there's like little arms of water that'll grab you and you'll like jump for a minute and then if you're bouncing the water like two or three times it grabs you and pulls you underwater there's lots of little upgrade mechanics most of them i didn't find very uh very useful but there's little things like you can customize your characters uh, psychometric or psycho ball that he rolls on, kind of a, a mechanic to move faster. Um, you can color customize that to a different color. You can you do different things like upgrade each psychic um, psychic ability that you get to become stronger, depending on your gameplay. You know, as a fairly leisurely playthrough, I was able to get just about everything fully upgraded. There's a ton of things to collect in this game. And like I mentioned early on, I was kind of a little wary of the game at first. I'm like, this is really kiddy. I'm not sure I'm going to like this. But by the end, I had beat the game, and I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to keep playing. Which is, I mean, ultimately what you want from a video game. You want to feel like, I don't want to leave this world. I want to spend more time in this story. And I, it, it's got some, some post-game credit stuff that you can do that's that makes it worthwhile to continue playing afterwards that you know it's a real reason i might just jump back into it and continue playing for a little bit so you know my my final takeaway is it's a it's a great video game um i love platformers i think if you like platformers you will enjoy this game it's not quite as is crisp and well put together as say a mario odyssey i mean that is just one of Mario is always one of the best platformers made, but this game is up there. It's it's very good and, and reminiscent of classic platformers from the N64 era. So, that's my take on that game. So, what else has everybody been playing? Um, Jared, what else have you been playing this month? Oh boy. Um, I've played the uh, Forgotten City, which is on Game Pass right now. And it's actually a former Skyrim mod that they made into a real game. And so you kind of have that that feel, that Skyrim-y feel, especially when you talk uh-huh. to people. So it's done in, in UE4. Uh, it is on all major platforms, and it was published by Modern Storyteller. So hats off to that developer because they are freaking awesome. So <laughs> this game, it has a lot of, a lot of character to it. Um, but essentially, you're an archaeologist who uh, is found by this lady floating down a river, and she lets you know that her buddy was in some ruins, and he's lost, and can you please go and find him? And so you say, yeah, and you go into the the, uh, the, the ruins of this city, and then you go through a portal, and you get teleported like 2,000 years back in time to when oh, people geez. actually inhabited this city. Oh. And you meet this... Uh, guy named Galerius when you first get there and he he sees you come through the shrine he's like oh hello like he's completely perplexed you know and and it's really funny and stuff like that but you have to figure out what's going on so essentially the inhabitants of this town follow this thing called the golden rule and if one person does what they call sinning then everybody the golden statues in the town turn to life and they turn everybody into gold and they punish and kill them and if that happens in your playthroughs, and it absolutely will, you got to book it back to the portal, and then it recycles the whole thing. And what's really cool is you keep your inventories, and so each time you go through the instance, you know a, a little more of what to do to make the situations play out for itself. And so you kind of have to make situations work out um, in your favor uh, through previous playthroughs. But really... What this game is doing is it really examines the um, the the like what's right and wrong, what like laws are why are laws why do we follow them? If 
do, should we punish the many if the few mess up? Should we punish the few? You know, like what? It's a really cool moralistic view of our of our laws and why we follow them and how we follow them and what really is good and bad. And um, there's different ways to play through it, but it's a really it's a short and sweet story. I couldn't tell you how long it is, but it felt only like five hours to get through. Oh, dude, I'm um, totally going to play this game. I was just looking at it yesterday. It's so satisfying playing through, and it's hilarious. Like, by the end of it, as you kind of know what's going on, you can delegate stuff <laughs> that you've done previously, and it's it's it just has a lot of heart, folks. Definitely check it out. I don't want to give anything away because the, the reason for playing this, yeah, there are some adventure action elements to it, but really peeling back the layers of this story and seeing what's really going on um, is, is really the point of it. And there's multiple endings too. So uh, keep that in mind. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that the first time I played through. And so I was able to go back and from a save point and get a different ending too, but um, absolutely fun. Uh, Very complete cool. Surprise to me, pleasant surprise. So I would recommend this. So does probably it even more so than far cry six. At this does point, it play like Skyrim? Yes. Um, Minus the the little action you do in this game involves a bow, and uh-huh. the shooting is a little weird because it just involves the right trigger, but you do have a reticle. But once you get used to the fact that you hold to draw and then you release to shoot, okay. everything's fine. It um, sounds similar to, like, I mean, from at least in spirit, like how you described it, um, at least it shares a lot of uh, gameplay mechanics of, like, a Majora's Mask. Yeah, no, it's exactly like that. Um, Granted, with Majora's Mask, there's a there's a timer, and yeah, you know, with this one, at least towards the depending on what you do, you can hang out as long as you want, unless you trigger something. Whereas Majora's Mask, if you stand still, the world's gonna yeah get blowed up. But so, like you mentioned, like you're gonna like obviously break this rule. Is it like a require? Is it required to accomplish certain things to break that rule? Or yeah, it, it's gonna get triggered just because of the game. Um, yeah, and it's fine. And whenever it gets triggered, you just have to book it back to the portal and do it all over again. Hmm. Uh, and yeah. That, that, I, I I I'm gonna be very coy with the story on this because I don't want to give anything away. Sure. So uh, one one thing I want to point out because I watched the trailer last night and I thought this was hilarious. It shows you talking to this guy Rufius. The pandemic line. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'll tell you this much. I hate the fact that my survival depends on the common sense of other people. And one of the answers is, I know the feeling. I've lived through a pandemic. He goes, Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. That's <laughs> funny. That's great. I'm gonna go um, play this today. The, I think the humor in it is fantastic it's so like it's dry and it's it's great it's just such a pleasant surprise of a game um you you guys will really love it i'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys uh yeah i'm gonna go play this today josh what else have you been playing uh i've been playing uh i've still been playing final fantasy 13 and i've started in anticipation of the remakes of Diamond and Pearl for the Pokemon game, yeah. uh, Pokemon, or Switch, I've been playing Pokemon Sapphire, like, basically before I go to bed, kind of like while I'm laying in bed for like an hour or so. I mean, obviously everyone, I think, probably is familiar with Pokemon games and, you know, kind of especially those classic um, pre, uh, pre, uh, sorry, my. My dog is being a little silly right now. Um, everyone is familiar with those classic um, top-down, you know, Pokemon-style games. This is kind of in that same vein. Um, going to Final Fantasy 13, I'm on a mission to complete all the missions. And uh, I don't know if I can do all that before I actually beat the game, but I'm going to try. And I, uh, I think I've gotten about 40, maybe about 40 missions done of 65, which is, as you get, you know, toward the end, they, they become a lot tougher. And I'm kind of, Alex, I know what I'm talking about. Jared, I don't know if you know what a Tonberry is. Do you know what a Tonberry is? They're the bane of your existence. That's what they are. 
they're they are these little so they have like these they're like robed little kind of like they look like stuffed animals almost but they've got like big like beady eyes typically their skin is like green and in newer games it kind of has like the what looks like the texture of like a like a dolphin or something um but they've got they've got they always have like a chef's knife in one hand and they they walk very slowly until they're about to attack to attack you and then they like sprint up and just like shove you in the face with this chef's knife it's terrifying and a lot of times when they do that, they can take away stat buffs or just, like, instantly kill you. They're up there and, with Pyramid Head from from uh, Silent Hill with how terrifying and powerful they are. Yeah, yeah but they, they, look, they don't look imposing at all. But, I mean, anyone no, that knows, anyone that knows, like, Final Fantasy knows to not judge a Tonberry by its appearance. Absolutely. Or, or typically a cactuar. Um, those can be yeah. a pain in the ass too. But not necessarily in FF13, but, um, in, they, they've got a, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a, so I'm on that mission, but I plan to beat that game, um, hopefully within the next week, if I can find the time to. Yeah, Final Fantasy 13 is a great game. I, I've put like almost 60 hours into this playthrough so far. It's so beautiful. Like, I was playing that this morning, too. I started playing that again, um, and it just looks so gorgeous, and it's two generations old now, and it looks fantastic. And yeah. the story's really cool. The, the, my drawback is I don't I don't usually play the sequels to the Final Fantasy games, like the actual direct sequels, and so I yeah. haven't played Lightning Returns. Well, I played a little bit of it, but I haven't beaten Lightning Returns. Um, I haven't beaten thirteen two or or lightning returns or whatever they're called. I forget what they're called. Um, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably move on to those next year. If I, I think they're coming, I think they're supposed to come to Game Pass. So that's my yeah. plan is to beat thirteen and then play them on Game Pass when they come out. So very cool, very cool. I uh, have been playing. So I've played thirteen. I just started playing thirteen again, but I've really been playing Final Fantasy ten. So we got a lot of Final Fantasy stuff to talk about. <laughs> Um, I was, I was texting Josh last night because I was fighting the final boss in Final Fantasy X, and it just, like, you get him, he's got two forms, you get him down, you beat his first form, I tear up his second form, get him about halfway down his health, and then he just unleashes a slew of, like, 15 attacks in a row, and it's like, well, I can't do anything about that, so I got really pissed off. I finally beat it, though. That game is very emotional. Um, it's, it's still a little like goofy at times cause it was one of the first voice act, fully voice acted games. And it, it was, well, it was, it was the first fully voice acted Final Fantasy game. It was the Is first the Final Fantasy one. with that crazy one, yeah. big arena and they're playing that game and Blitz they, ball. Yeah. They, Underwater. they had the trailer with Leona Lewis on it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It, it, it's a a very well remembered and liked game. I I love the game. Um, you, you know what makes my, not one of my favorites, but it's a good game. You know what makes the investment in ten um, even better, Alex? What the emotional investment? Playing all the way through ten two and getting a hundred percent completion rating to get the best ending. Yeah, I've never played ten two, and I'm I'm going to. Um, I've actually made that self commitment here. I I, I like I've I played like the it. Combat system better. I well, I like the combat system better than FF or FF ten base personally. But I I don't I can't stand the combat system. But I'm gonna go through it because I want to. I want to see what happens. Um, and then the other thing I've been playing is I I recently bought Super Mar- the new Super Mario Party All Stars or whatever it's called on uh switch and it's got all the it's got a bunch of of the boards from mario party one two and three and uh all the mini games from one two and three and all that stuff and you can kind of mix and match them it's 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 a whole lot of fun and it's really cool to go back the one that i remember well the two that i remember the most out of the um maps that they've brought back for that are the you know peach's birthday cake yeah, where you where you throw down the uh, piranha seeds, and they have mm-hmm. like your little your little uh, face on a placard right next to it. Yeah. So when anybody when everybody walks by it and lands on it, 
it just bites the crap out of them and takes money from them. And then the uh, Yoshi's like Island one where you're on, you're going like two sides of it. Yeah. And the toad with the star can either give you that or be replaced with the Bowser who takes your star away. Right. So just kind of a iconic original Mario Party. One they sh- this what they should have done is this should have been DLC for Mario Party like the Super Mario Party the Switch version cuz there's just not enough in that game but there's a ton in this game so our that should have been DLC for this or something you know there should have been more. Yeah. I yeah, you know, it, I mean it, it's I think they're like, "Oh, we've just done a 3D All-Stars, let's do a Mario Party All-Stars." I think that's probably right. what it was. All right, so we're running low on time today. I think we had decided we will do a Mass Effect uh, themed guess who video game guess who this this week or this month. Pick a fairly like one where I'm not going to have to look at the wiki for weird obscure Mass Effect characters, please. I just are you doing uh, enemies? Are you doing enemies or what? We'll do um, we'll do main enemies. Like like boss level, okay. and and main character from all three games. Okay. Are we talking? Good. Are we talking like main game bosses? Like, or are Just we talking bosses about like, that you square up against? So like Sovereign or uh, Blue okay. Saren or yeah. Saren or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or 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 Human Reaper, like stuff. Okay. Like that. But not like a not like a specific. Uh, what are the not like that thing? weird crab. One that you fight in three on on um the the Corian planet, not that one. Yeah, or like you don't the know that or like the giant like sandworms or whatever. That, not not any. Of I those. mean, I guess we could technically do the named one, but I don't. I couldn't tell you the name of that. Yeah, well, we won't go that deep in there. Main characters, pretty much only though, and, and and main villains. All right, I've got a character, so go ahead. Uh, human. <laughs> no. Is it a scientist? Yes. Blue? No. Frog like? Amphibian ish, I should say. Uh I don't know how I would answer that one. I wouldn't say I I don't think so, so I would say no, but Does this species have a short lifespan? Yes. Josh? I mean, I, I kind of had an idea of who the character Alex would pick was. Um, does his I, character I, like to sing? He does indeed. Josh, I'll let you do the honors. Hold on. I want to make sure I have the name. <laughs> do, do, do. Everyone take a dance break here. Uh. What the heck? Do you need to chime in? I think I think Josh fails. I yeah, I, I you Morden Solis. There we it go. It is Morden Solis. Morden, yeah, sorry. I picked him specifically because I love his uh his his, his scientist Solarian. <laughs> yeah. And Jared, tell that. tell everyone why we chose to do Mass Effect today. We are recording this on N7, folks, so happy N7 to you and yours. Uh, may it be a wonderful N7. Praise be to Shepard. Hopefully, hopefully it's made even more wonderful by the fact that you all turned your clocks backward this morning and got an extra hour of sleep. So, yeah, we're recording this on N7. Folks will probably hear it on N9. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, well, if you... Uh, Hopefully well, you had a good N7 though. Yeah, hopefully yeah. hopefully you got an extra hour of sleep on N7. Yeah. If if not, um or an extra hour of partying. Don't don't come to us because yeah. you should have known to set your clock back. Yeah, I mean, be adults people, come on. I mean, your phone does it automatically. <laughs> come on. Very I I don't really have to set very many clocks anymore. All right. So, let's uh tell the folks what we're playing next month. Jared, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, so Alex and I are going to be diving into the new forts that are coming out tomorrow-ish. Forza Horizon 5, which is going to be on Game Pass. And then Josh Way is going to be finishing what now? 
Uh, I'll probably just start. Can you see Axel? Axel, come up here. No? Okay. Um, trying to show his dog, folks. <laughs> yeah, my doggy. He's a good boy. He's a good uh, he's, uh, he's, I think, getting a little, uh, he, I think he hears people doing some construction, building some houses near me, and he's hearing tapping, and he's like, Bow. Yeah. Bow. But it's okay. He's just, a, he's being a, he's being a protector. I love it. Um, so I'm going to be playing, I think, actually, the first PS5 game that we have ever had on this show. And it, I mean, it came out a year ago. Um, it will be me. I'm going to restart, um, the Demon Souls remake. I, I got, I didn't play it very seriously when it came out because, um, I was more, I, I surprisingly, I was more into the Miles Morales re, uh, release, which yeah. was a beautiful, beautiful game on Boy, PS5. Yeah. Um, I'm boycotting PlayStation until they make their crap available. Huh? I realize but it's so, not completely their fault, but at the same time, I refuse to play anything on PlayStation right now. Continue. What do you mean, like, due to the chip shortage? or? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So we've got uh, Demon Souls or Forza Horizon 5. Choose your own adventure this month. Or both. Or both. Go yeah, you can do both paths. You can be yeah. like me, and when you ch- pick the wrong choice, go back to the beginning and pick the right one. I mean, obviously, you'd have or to see have all both. the endings. You'd have to have both an Xbox and a PS5 to be able to play both these games. But, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I guess uh, I could probably do that. So let, let's talk about, uh, you know, contacting us. We love that you're listening to us because if you aren't listening to us, you aren't hearing this message at all. So, and you aren't very cool. And you aren't very cool. So please give us a, a like <laughs> Um, a, a follow, a listen, tell your friends, you know, we, we love, um, to do this. We love talking about video games and we love having the, the interaction from folks. So please hit us up on our Twitter at pod underscore win or on our, uh, Gmail, which is play the number two win pod. And, uh, yeah, go forth and prosper. Good day, folks. See ya.